The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. If you have uh, gazed at camper vans going past and thought, that's what I want, that sense of the freedom of the road, I could pull over anywhere, make myself a cup of tea, sleep there, gazing at the stars and the waves and whatever else it might be, ooh, I should try that. Well, we have the advice on how to go about it. This comes from motoring journalist and camper van enthusiast Bob Flavin. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Anton. Bob, for those who are looking at camper vans, is there a way to get your to dip your toes in the water without committing to the tens, if not hundreds of thousands that one of these things costs? There is. You could rent one for the weekend. Good benefit to renting one is you get a fairly modern one. It's already got some work done to it. It's got a warranty. It's got, you know, you, you, you're buying into something that you can just give back if you don't like it. And don't get me wrong, a lot of people don't like camping after their first experience because they don't know what they're doing usually. So if you're renting, what sort of money are you looking at and what sort of licenses, if any, do you need? So for license-wise, generally most rental companies will rent you a camper van on a B license. So a B license is a standard full driver's license in, in Ireland that allows you to drive a car or any vehicle up to about three and a half tonnes. Uh, after that three and a half tonne mark, now you're in a different license category. It would actually be illegal for you to drive any camper van or any vehicle over three and a half tonnes weight on a B license. So it covers almost everything. Uh, it's, it's very expensive. It can it can seem like a fierce, expensive thing. Four days is usually about nine hundred euro. Um, uh, and then on top, now this is high summertime. On top of that, there'd be a security deposit, which is about two and a half grand, three grand, maybe even four grand, depending on what you're renting. And that security deposit is refundable, but only if the camper van comes back in perfect condition. So that's your insurance excess as well. So it does wind up being two to three grand for four or five days in a camper van. It's not a cheap holiday. But you do get most of that back in the security deposit if you don't crash the thing into a tree. Yeah, well, if there's, if there's no damage done to it at all. So your security deposit covers anything in the vehicle. So it's not just a, a collision you might have. There could be any other reason. Because remember, you're bringing a sort of a house on the back of a van. So you've got a kitchen, you've got electrical equipment, you've got water, you've got all kinds of things inside the van that would normally be in a car or a van. It's specific to a camper van. So all that's under your insurance as well. How difficult are they to manage if what you're used to is driving a car? Uh, they're a bit bigger, like big vans. You do have to take into account the height of them. A lot of them, as people have seen, have a very big dome on the roof, which is another kind of bedroom up there. That can make them very tall. So you do have to watch out for overhanging uh, brush, say trees along roads. It'll make it under most bridges. Most of the time in Ireland, we have bridges that are tall enough to take an articulated truck. So it shouldn't be a problem with those. But when you have uh, overgrown trees or si- edge of the road stuff, it can scrape down the side of the van. You actually break windows and things on the side as well. So you do have to take into account of that. Once you get used to it after a day or two, and after your first lesson with the camper van people, you'll get used to it fairly rapidly and you'll be able to get into pretty much anywhere. The big thing you'll come across, though, is when you're trying to get into a car park, you'll find a barrier over the top that only allows things up to two metres. Then you're immediately stopped. You can't get in there with your camper van. Well, this raises the question, where do you go with them? So let's say you have now rented your camper and you're heading off into the um, wild open. Where do you go? The most important thing to do is a bit of planning and you'll find that there's many campsites in Ireland you can go directly to, which will have what they call a hard stand. A piece of tarmac or maybe a piece of concrete that you can park your camper van on and it won't be on a slope, so it won't be leaning over. Nothing worse than a caravan or a camper van. Slightly leaning over because you all roll towards the wall then during the night. And, you know, it becomes awkward when you're trying to serve water and things and nothing's on the level. But for, for campsites are about €25 Euro a night. You can get them a little bit cheaper, a little bit more expensive. You go to an air campsite, it's usually a bit cheaper. 
you go to a proper registered one that'll have like pool and uh, places to go and stuff to do and organised walks, they can be a bit more expensive. But around 25 euro a night is what you're looking at for a And do you have to go to a campsite? Because I always thought that the whole idea of a camper van was this sense of total freedom that you, you drive up the Connor Pass, find a lay-by, pull in and you're, you, the world is your lobster. You can still technically go and do that, but it's very frowned on. And often uh, the county council will be out to you in a flash if you pull up somewhere and start just, you know, lighting fires and things. This is the problem. People take advantage and leave all their rubbish behind. Now, good camper van people, people have been doing for a long time, you'd never know they were there. They turn up, they do their stuff, they make their tea, they make their dinner, they have to sleep, and they're gone the next morning, and there's never a sign that they were there because they're used to it. But novice ones, people who rent them, and suddenly there's a lot more of them on the road. You find one camper van pulls up, and then there's nine standing beside them, and suddenly you've got a full-size campsite on the side of the road as a counter pass, and <laughs> nobody wants it there. It's just in the way. But there are some wild places you can go. Uh, some of them started charging, actually, last year. Places like Tremor Beach used to have the beachfront there. It was completely free and had a campsite area with showers and everything attached. And now that's a fiver a night, so it's actually starting to get uh, a bit expensive to stay down there. Um, and it can get very expensive. But you're too, if you don't book it, they're going to be gone this time of year very quick. A lot of people will go straight to the campsite area that they know is free to park up. And they'll stay there for two weeks and they don't pay anybody and you'll never get a space in it. So it can be very difficult if you don't book something. Give us a sense of what the living experience is like when you're spending a week or two weeks in a camper van. Depends on who you bring with you. Better be friendly with the people you're with. <laughs> if you bring uh, two couples or something, it's going to get, you're going to be in each other's spaces almost all the time. You and the kids, you will start to get on your nerves after a while, even in a six-birth, like even in the bigger camper vans. If you go on something like a Volkswagen California, which I think everyone's kind of familiar with, smaller ones, where there's no bathroom in it, that will be tight. On a rainy, wet, windy day like it is today in the Midlands, you're definitely going to be in each other's faces all day. It can be hot inside the vans, a little bit sweaty. You need to get to know everybody very quickly, and particularly at night time. You get a snore, you're definitely going to hear it right throughout the camper van. And in terms of the, you said the, the Volkswagen California's case in point, not coming with the bathroom, is it the norm that they do or don't come with bathrooms? Usually the ones you rent will come with a bathroom. Anything bigger than the California will come with some form of toilet usually in it. Now you can buy toilets these days in Middle and Aldi. They sell camping equipment this time of the year. And you can buy a chemical toilet directly from them, which is portable. It's a porta potty essentially. Uh, you do have to find ways of, of emptying that out, and there is registered places you must go to empty your toilets. You can't just throw up the side of the road. Not, that's illegal. <laughs> that's dumping. That's chemical. So you can't just do that. You do it, do it properly. But you see, I don't California know, Bob, I think this is one of those things where you can, no matter what the activity is, no matter how attractive it sounds, no matter how much fun it sounds, once you hit the sentence and it requires a chemical toilet, I think a lot of people say, nope, I'm out. <laughs> A lot of people do. A lot of experienced campers will not go like number two in the chemical toilet on board. They don't do that if they if they have to be in an emergency. So most people don't even use it. But in the middle of the night, you don't want to be tramping off to a to a, a campsite toilet in the dark rain looking for a toilet at that time. That's where the camper van toilet does come in. So it's own. Uh, if the camper van is big enough, it's like a six part one with a proper uh, shower and toilet, and it's actually quite comfortable. You can easily spend two weeks in a camper van and never even get out of it. You know, you don't. You're going for walks, just driving around the place. But they are a handful. They're hard to find places to park. But the experience, once you get used to it, once you've done it one year, you will start thinking about the next year. It is an amazing experience. You can go to places that you couldn't possibly visit with any other vehicle and you can spend the night in if you really try hard. Give me a sense then of cost if I decide that I'm going to take the plunge and not rent but actually buy. 
Okay, so if you're buying something, this a brand new camper van, say a California, would start at around sixty to seventy thousand euros. And if you want something bigger than that, you can more than double that easily. Once you start getting up into the big Heimer stuff or the big A-class birth ones, you're talking about a quarter of a million will will get you there for the newer ones. And even more than that, you want to get something bigger. It really does depend on the size of it. Be careful with the six and eight part big ones you see over in Europe. We have very small roads in fact, A lot of those things are a bit, are like driving a truck down the road and they're over your waist and stuff. But easily, basically on a on a used one, you're you need a budget of about a hundred to hundred and twenty grand for something that's nice, decent, six berth. Someone that sleep comfortably for people. Now, have a just doing maths here on, on the back of a fag packet, it, that means that I'm spending the equivalent. I could effectively have four star 500 euro a night hotel breaks for 20 days a year for 10 years for the price of one of these. Yeah, but there's a huge difference between staying in a hotel and staying in your own camper van and going wherever you want to go. So if you want to go on holidays to France four times a year with your camper van, you can. It's yours. You can do what you want with it. Now, you do have to pay excess on, on ferries uh, because of the size of the van. But if you want to go away for a quick break down the country, you don't have to worry about which hotel you're trying to get to. You just drive down there in your camper van and you've already brought your hotel and home with you. So it is a, a complete mobile home on wheels. You can go anywhere you want. Question asking, how much are you looking at in diesel consumption for a week in a camper van? I suppose that's the definitive. How long is a piece of string? It depends on whether you're going to France or whether you're going to Wicklow. Yeah, the vast majority of camper vans, uh, being experienced guys, will go to a campsite and not move it again. They'll stay there for pretty much three or four days. So it's only the expense of the distance you covered in the first place. They're usually fairly economical. Uh, most of the kind of Fiat engines and stuff they put into the, the uh, older vans are very, very economical and very reliable as well. So same for Volkswagen, you'll easily get a, a week out of a full tank. Another one asking, how easy is it to convert a van into a camper van? That's one of the biggest questions that has ever come up, and it's one of the hardest jobs you ever do. Uh, a van, a basic box van, comes with nothing in it. So there's no walls, there's no wood, there's no insulation. That's the big one here, because we have a strange temperate climate here, where it's very humid, but it can be very warm and very cold on the same day. That's where the insulation is very important. It takes a long time to do it. It's a little bit easier now because we have better technology when it comes to solar panels and storage and leisure batteries. They're a little bit easier to install it and kind of controllers on the wall. But if something goes wrong in your van, you built it yourself, it can end up being really expensive to take it all apart again. It can be done. It has been done by many, but you really want to know your way around the spanner. Yeah, I remember many years ago, I converted a, a Ford Transit into a, a camper van, and it was it was one of those, seemed like a good idea at the time, but it was impossible to keep it warm. It was just ropey. Um, would you advise on buying a cheaper left-hand drive? I wouldn't worry about which side the steering wheel is on. I just worry about the price of it. You really won't be driving it all that much. I mean, you're not going to be sitting out pounding up and down motorways every single day if it's a bigger six-part. Now, if you're buying something as small as the California, you really would because you probably will drive it every day. They're, they're just a small van driving around where the kitchen is. Uh, well, that's what I was wondering. When you get top. small enough like that, do people use them? Because if you're spending 70 or 80,000 euro on it, you want to get the most out of it. So they, do they use it as the family car during the week? Yeah, yeah, pretty much anyone who has a California generally drives it around most of the time because it's just a, it's a two-liter. Essentially, the van version is called a transporter. So if you see transporters going down the road, and you can get these converters as well. There's a UK company, a couple of Northern Ireland companies that do it, converting a transporter to a California style, but to call it a pop-top, which is where the roof pops out and another bed is up, upstairs, or you can push out the roof so you can stand up inside. So that's a conversion system. And they're very popular with people because you can drive them around in the day as the family vehicle. 
I'll give you one final word to respond to this because I think my, my cynicism may have, have leaked into uh, people listening. Tech saying, I'm never buying a camper van after listening to Bob and his sweaty snorers. Give us the, the good pitch again about the freedom, Bob, to finish. Really, it, it is all about freedom. It's about taking to the open road, being able to pull up anywhere and have a cup of tea without even getting out of some of these vans. If you ever, ever had a desire to go on a camper van, there's never been a better time because we really do have a good system in, in Europe and in Ireland for getting around the place and camping up at nighttime and in safe. And there's a massive community of people out there who you don't even know yet will all become your friends as soon as you put up the campsite. Now we're talking. One of the best experiences ever. That's the note to end on. Bob, thank you very much. That is Bob Flavin. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.